The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. By tomorrow, I will rule the world! <laughs> you think he's gone? He's not gone! That's the whole point! He's never gone! Is this some radical new therapy? You see? Hey, well, I mustn't have been paying attention. I'm in no shape to do Baba Paz today. I'm just letting you know. Okay. All right, let's get this show on the road, shall we? What do you think? All right, we'll go yeah. one. We'll go one Baba Paz. Oh, I'll try okay. one. Right. I don't want to disappoint my audience. I actually get emails on that. It's pretty funny. All right, everybody now. Two out of three. All right, now you All right, we'll start the show. Hi, how you guys doing? My name is Tom Duggan here with the Paying Attention Podcast. Hi, atop two guys smoke shop at the Studio Twenty One Podcast Cafe. This is edition number. I never counted before I got that award. Now I'm counting every week. It's two fifty two today, I believe. Yeah, and uh, and we're happy to have you here. I want to thank our sponsors, McLennan Real Estate. Century 21 in Methuen, the Zanny Pesci Law Office, also in Methuen, Marsan Ansign Construction, also in Methuen, and by the way, Ronnie Marsan is running for City Council in Methuen for district, for the East End District, he's having a fundraiser, wait, let me pull it up, I want to make sure I get it right, because I, I want all my friends to go, uh, he's having a fundraiser on Wednesday, August 23rd, and I believe that's at the Sons of Italy, so please come down and uh, say hi to Ronnie and put a sign on your lawn for him. He's a good guy. We like him. Also, EIS, Investigation and Gun Training. And, uh, oh, look at that. What is, is, that the, is that today's? No kidding. Look at that, huh? Today or tomorrow? That's, oh, I'm sorry. That's tomorrow's. <laughs> tomorrow's I, I haven't put it on the screen yet. I'm so me. tired. I'm going to screw that's up okay. for the whole show. It's just going to be what it is. That's fine. Uh, what do we have here for the... Uh, for the sandwich of the day. So this is the Borelli's Deli sandwich of the day. Is that now is the left what's on, on the No, now it's on screen. Oh, I, 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 <laughs> so for tomorrow's sandwich of the day at Borelli's Deli, it's the Cantina Cutlet. It's chicken cutlet with I can't even pronounce this strata stracciadella cheese. I gotta learn all these Italian words if I'm gonna be promoting their foods, yeah, you right? Should. Because everything's so Italian over there. Uh, roasted tomatoes and garlic, pesto and balsamic glaze. Look at that. I may actually go there today after the show and see if maybe they can give me a uh, 
one of tomorrow's sandwiches of the day. Maybe they'll make one special. What do you oh. think? Maybe I, maybe they'll do that. Uh, also, we want to thank, who else do we have here on our sponsor list? We have uh, Tomo and Shaken Seafood. We were at Tomo's two nights ago. Uh, I was there with uh, my good buddy Kevin Druin, and uh, he. I always order the kamikaze. And he said, no, you've got to try the million-dollar roll. It wasn't as good as the kamikaze, but it was still pretty damn good. Uh, I want to thank Clear Path for Veterans New England, uh, Mercurio Law Office, AFC Urgent Care, my buddy Dave Id Consoli at Pleasant Valley Landscaping, Stacks 28, uh, I'm sorry, Stacks Par 28 and Loaded, and a free shout-out to our buddies at JG's Ice Cream. It's been really warm lately, so you should be getting your ice cream at JG's Ice Cream. They have a location in Methuen and in Salem. I always bump the Salem one because I'm here. But they also have a location in Methuen um, near uh, – it's on Lowell Street. Like you're heading up toward uh, – is it that Lowell Street? I don't want to screw it up. It's uh, on 110 on your way up to, up to uh, Lowell. So, oh. so I want to thank them for sponsoring the program. We've got a couple things to get to before we get to our guests. I uh, want to say uh, that we are um, – very sad, uh, and we want to give our condolences to our good buddy Greg Morris at the city of Lawrence who lost his wife this week. Um, I've known Greg for probably about 35 years, going all the way back when he used to run for school committee back in like the late 90s. And, uh, and he's a really good guy, and he's done a lot for the community, and so has his wife Stacy. And uh, she passed, so our condolences to him. Um, and, um, and I had a couple of other things here, but I'm going to hold on to these until afterwards, uh, because we have a really special guest in the studio. She is, her name is Naisa. Am I saying it right? It's Naisa? Naisha. Naisha. Okay. All right. I'm, I apologize. <laughs> I will get it right. Don't, don't take offense because I'm not that bright. So we're, <laughs> we're, I'll do these things. And she is, um, she, she won the gold for the USA football international, uh, flag I'm saying it wrong. Why don't you guys say <laughs> So she participated in the USA Football International Cup where our 15 new girls USA team defeated Japan in the championship to win gold. So, and this is like... Um this is like the farm team for the Olympics now, right? You were telling me off the air. Yeah, so there, the goal, I guess, um, you know, flag football is probably the fastest growing sport in the world. Um, and specifically here in the States with the girls, it's really blowing up. And um, now they're getting ready for hope what's what everybody's hoping to be an Olympic sport. They, they want, they're talking about making women's flag football an Olympic sport. So I guess, you know, the goal is to have like a feeder system, you know, start them younger so that by the time they get the opportunity, you know, it's, it's a system, they're familiar with it, and they can go out and represent. That's great. Now, Naysia, you, um, how did you get involved in this? Were you playing for like your school and then you tried out or did you just show up at a tryout one day? So first, like, my brother always played flag football, well, football. And then my dad just one day said that there was a local tryout, so I was like, why not? And then I just started playing with them local tournaments, and then we started traveling. And then, yeah. So so you tried out, you made the team. What was the, what was the name of your team? It was called NEFFL. And then, and so how many rounds did you have to play to get into the championship? It was, it's usually like three to four regular games and then playoffs. Okay. So you went through the regular games, you had a good, a good record, and then you went into the playoffs and you won the playoffs. And then do you play like a, do you play like a USA team before you start playing against the internationals? No, no, no. So that was like when I first, when I first started football. For the USA team, um, we 
It was how many games? No, five a, regular games. It was in the like that international cup. It was five regular games, then th- two, one playoff Three. game, yeah. and then the championship. So I didn't introduce him, but the the gentleman that we've been talking to—that's uh, Michael Caban. That's Naija's uh, uh, dad, and uh, and we we rented you a TMF. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much for coming to help. <laughs> um, and we started talking, and I said, you know, I gotta even if it's only for a few minutes, we gotta get them on the show because all we ever hear, or not all, but most of what we hear in the news mm-hmm. is negative about Lawrence. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people in Lawrence feel bad about that every time it happens. Mm-hmm. And we very rarely hear about the positive things that the kids in Lawrence are doing. I certainly didn't see this story in the Tribune, mm-hmm. and I didn't see it on too many other news stations. And so I thought, you know, what a great way to, to show some Lawrence pride and to have you guys on. Um, talk about the experience. What was it like for you to be, like, at such a high level and, you know, coming from Lawrence where everybody just dumps on you guys all the time? Mm-hmm. It, was, it was fun. Like, I met a lot of new people. I miss it. I definitely wish I could go back, do it all over again. Yeah. Are you gonna try out again? If if that if I get invited, hopefully, yeah. then yeah. But we met. I'm. There was like this one big dorm that all the teams stayed in, and like at night, everyone would just like go to like the common room, and we would just all hang out, get to know each other, like. Kids like, from the other teams, you mean? Yeah, like oh, Japan, great. Mexico, Panama. So Canada. you're meeting people from all, and you're only 15, right? Yeah. And you're meeting kids from all over the world. That's a great experience. Mm-hmm. You must have learned a lot from these guys. Yeah. I say guys, but it was, it was all girls, right? <laughs> yeah. From these girls. And it was guys too. Everyone stayed in a, in one dorm. So the the 15 new boys, 17 new boys, 15 new girls, and 17 new girls, we all stayed in one dorm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great. You must be a proud dad, huh? I mean, when I met you at TMF, you were beaming, yeah. right? And what's it like for you to, you know, to see your daughter get involved in something like this and then get all the way to the top and win gold? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think you touched on it a little bit, man. It's, it's you know, Laurentian uh, for many, many years. I coached for many, many years, and it's it's the the struggle of never getting that true recognition that our young people deserve. Right. And, and when it is now my own child that's doing it. You know, we, we're, we're blessed. And, and, and you know, she, Nyjah has a really good head on her. And she knew that, um, you know, what this meant for not, not only her, but our community, you know. Right. And, our, and, and, you know, obviously we're going to be proud as, as a family. But, um, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of um, her friends and young people who know Nyjah. Nyjah also plays basketball and is very well known because of basketball. But I was going to ask her, like, what are the... What yeah, are the, what so, are the... you know, she knows a lot of people. And I know a lot of people because of the coaching stuff like that and it's just it's just it, it, it was pride you know the pride you know yeah. it's pride like to be able to say like man we did it you it's know? an accomplishment just to do it mm-hmm. and then on top of that to win gold mm-hmm. is, is, is an even more incredible mm-hmm. because that's something for the rest of her life mm-hmm. like when she's in her 50s and 60s she's still gonna have that trophy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's great and there was a couple there was a couple um, oh that's great oh, yeah. yeah. wow and it's, it? that's heavy too that's like that's <laughs> a real medal that's not like one of the things you get at like Walmart or anything <laughs> Chrissy, do we have that picture of her wrapped around the flag? Because I want to address that for a minute, if, if you can, if you, if you have it, um, and I'll, I'll stall while we're while you're trying. Um, do you have Do you have other friends that like tried out at the same time you did and maybe made the team? Do you have like uh, you know some camaraderie with some of you? And you, by the way, before I even get to that, what school do you go to? You're in Lawrence. What school do you go to? I'm going to a boarding school next year. I'm going to be a freshman at Kemble Union Academy. And where is that? Meredith. Meredith, New Hampshire. Oh, no kidding. No kidding. So you must be a really smart kid to get into. So not only are you athletic, but you're also really, really smart. Yeah, honor student. 
We're just running through the other photos as well while you guys talk. Yeah, so these if you are could find photos. the, one, the yeah. one of her wrapped in the flag would be great. It's coming up next. But these are go. her game day pictures. <laughs> Looks like a collector's card. Yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> That's the is. one. So I want to address this because we're in an environment. And, and, and by the way, I'm, when I saw this photo, uh, Francisco Polino, state representative, actually posted it. That's where I saw it. When I saw this photo, I was so proud of you. I, mean, I don't even know you. But I was so proud of you because we're in an environment in this country right now where athletes are crapping on our flag every day, taking a knee during the national anthem, really disrespecting what the country is and what it, what it stands for. And here's this 15-year-old Latina kid from Lawrence who wins the gold and wraps herself in the flag. And I really want, I want people at home to see how patriotic you are because I want them to be as proud of you as I am. Uh, I, I saw this and I actually had a tear come, out, come to my eye because... because you're smarter than half the people that are, that are adults that are in you know, professional sports, baseball, football, all the rest of that. Um, why did you do this? Why, why, why did you like grab the flag and wrap yourself in the flag, especially knowing what's going on today? No, I, everyone was really taking pictures. Like, that's what everyone was doing. Mm-hmm. And I, I just felt like it, it would be like a good picture of the trophy, my medal, mm-hmm. and the flag wrapped around because I just represented the U.S. Good for mm-hmm. you. What a good kid. What a smart kid, too. <laughs> Dad, I, I'm, listen, I'm proud she's not even my kid. I yeah. can't even imagine how proud you are of, of Naysia. Yeah, man. It's, it's, it's a blessing, man. And again, you know, hopefully it leaves a mark where there's a lot of, you know, those who come next, man, they have a, a role model um, to look up to. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, her being... A young female athlete, I think, is huge. You know, sure um, is. as a young female athlete, who's because there's break- not a lot of opportunities for young female athletes. There's not. You know, we had there's there's a couple. You know, big names out of out of our city. You know, and 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 you know, Elami Colome is a is a mentor of hers, and she's always looked up to her. And I always tell Naija, man, like the same way you look up to your mentors, there's mm-hmm. gonna be young female athletes that look up to you now, and and yeah. you know, to keep that. To be humble about it, man, and 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 appreciate that because that that that's something to be proud of in itself. So. She seems like a really good kid. Now, when I was googling her, I was trying to find some background information on this whole thing so mm-hmm. I could introduce you properly, and I failed miserably, obviously. <laughs> uh, but I found a story that did you get to meet one of the Celtics? And one of the I I saw something about you with the Celtics. What was that? With TMF. With TMF, I think it was uh, Kiana. Well, TMF. There was like a an invite. Yeah, like a, like yeah, a, and it was like a like another group, but they also invited TMF and um, Michael Gorman had chose me, my sister to go, and we met um, Grant. Who was it? Grant Williams. And that well, that must have been that must have been yeah. something, right? Because everybody is just watching him on TV. You get to meet yeah. him. Mm-hmm. I hope so much that you are going to continue on this path, especially being patriotic and caring about our co- every country has problems, but we all should be proud of where we mm-hmm. come from, whether it's, it, whether it's the city we come from, which is Lawrence, or the country that we live in, and I'm so proud of that, but I'm also proud of your accomplishment, and I think everybody who lives in the city of Lawrence who thinks that these things are out of their reach, that whatever their goals are are out of their reach, will look at you as inspiration to say, you know what, here's a 15-year-old kid from Lawrence mm-hmm. who actually went and got gold. And hopefully you're gonna you're gonna try out again, and you're gonna be on the uh, on the team next year for the over fifty over fifteen uh, kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are you gonna try out for that? If I get invited, we'll see. So how does that work? Do they have to invite you, or can you yeah. just try out? Yeah, you have to get invited. So they, they scout. There's a lot of local tournaments that happen throughout the year. Like, and then like this weekend, we're going to Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. and like last year was the same thing. And like they were just scouting. There was like a tent, 
and you have to like go sign up and they'll give you like a wristband or something. Team USA staff members kind of like walk the field and and looking for you know, talent. I identify yeah. students that I mean students uh players <laughs> right. that right. um you know that that look like they're athletes. How so. do you go from all of that to going back to regular life now? Like you've won this gold, you had this big tournament and everything, and now you got to kind of go back to regular life. I mean, it like I miss like I miss like I wish I could go back and like do it all over again. It was like a it was very very fun experience. But now, you know, like I'm getting ready to leave for school, so I need to mentally prepare myself for that. Mm-hmm. So, I'm just hanging around my family more before I leave, and then a couple of weeks that's when I leave. Have you gotten any recognition from any of our elected officials? I know Francisco Polino has certainly recognized you, but have like the mayor's office, the city council, um, have they have they have they come to you guys and said, "Hey, great job?" Nah, I mean, I spoke to a couple, but yeah. Nothing, nothing major. That's all right. Um, we got a city council who's here in the audience, mm-hmm, so maybe we'll mm-hmm, see if we can mm-hmm, make that happen before mm-hmm, you go back to school. Mm-hmm, is there anything else you want to impart uh, on, on the on the list? I don't want to hold you here and mm-hmm. just you know just talk for the sake of talking. But um, is there anything else you you want to impart on on the viewers, the audience today? No, I just thank you, man. Thank yeah, you for, thank for you, inviting man. us. You know, we appreciate it, man. She works really hard, and it feels good to see her get recognized. Well, my plan, unless, like, something really, really big happens in the next month, my plan is to put you guys on the front page of the Valley Patriot next month because we're a very, as you can see, a very patriotic newspaper, mm-hmm. and we're very proud of her. And we want, awesome. we want to try and at least give her the recognition that she deserves that the rest of the media did not give her, mm-hmm. given that she's from Lawrence. So. Awesome. Thank Thanks you. so much, Naija. Thank, thank you. And I apologize for calling you Naisa. Just yeah. that's kind of silly. <laughs> and, Michael, thank you so much for coming on. Absolutely. I appreciate that. Thank you for having us. And, uh, and take the Valley Patriot with you uh, if, uh, if you want. Uh, that's free, by the way. That's on me. You don't have to pay for that. <laughs> so, um, all right. Why don't we uh, transition a little bit? We've got the uh, – in the city of – if you could just kind of zoom in on me so that nobody, nobody has to see them <laughs> getting up and leaving. And you're free to stay if you want to stay in, in, in the audience and kind of kind of hang out with us. Uh, so I, I appreciate them, and I also want to thank our sponsors again: Borelli's Deli, AFC Urgent Care. Uh, who else do we have here? Uh, Pleasant Valley Landscaping, Stacks in Haverhill, Par 28 in Salem, New Hampshire. I actually found Par 28 last week. I left here to go uh, up uh, to Windham. And I saw it on the right up, up here on 28. So now that I know where it is, we're definitely going to be hitting that shortly. Loaded in Haverhill, AFC Urge the Mercurial Law Office, clear path for veterans. New England, I do have an update with Jeff, our homeless veteran that, um, that, that TMF has been working with for the last couple of months. He is, he is in a 30-day rehab, and he is very clean. He reached out to me on Facebook the other day. And, uh, and he's very happy to be clean right now, and we're hoping he stays clean. And we're hooking him up with Randy at ClearPath uh, to make sure that he gets all the benefits that he, that he has coming to him and to try and get him adequate housing once he gets out of rehab. There, I guess there's a process. Like, once you go into rehab, like, when you get out, there's a process where, like, you kind of have to, like, it's almost like double probation. You kind of still have to check in and, and uh, you know, do urine tests and stuff to make sure that you're staying clean. And uh, then Randy's going to take care of them. We also want to thank EIS Investigation, Marston and Sun Construction, the Zany Pesci Law Office. By the way, Jaina Zany Pesci, uh, who's a member of the Methuen School Committee, she is running for city council in Methuen this year. She's one of four running for the at-large city council 
race. So hopefully she's going to have a fundraiser soon so everybody can come meet Jane as Annie Pesci, the woman I call the most beautiful woman alive. And just a little side note on this. I, I know I should not go down this rabbit hole. I've been warned, but I'm going to do it anyway. So last week I had, thank you guys, last week I had uh, some guests here, both very good friends of mine. And I mentioned that Jada Zanny Pesci was the most beautiful woman alive. And, of course, I get the eye rolling. Oh, that's so inappropriate. And I started thinking, wait a minute. Like, I, I said it out loud, but I, I should have expanded a little bit. She loves when I call her that. If you ask her, do you like, do, are you mad that Tom Duggan tell, tells people how hot you are? She'll tell you to your face. She loves that I call her that. In fact, when I called her that at the bash this year, she was our MC. She beamed. I looked over. She beamed the minute I said it. So I just want to caution you guys when you're eye rolling. And, and I'm not saying specifically to the guests that we have, but ever, when Neil Perry was here, he used to do it. Everybody feels like they have to, like they're obligated to object when someone does something like that on behalf of the person you're talking about. But nobody knows if the person I'm talking about actually likes it. And usually when I come on the show and I talk about someone being beautiful or hot, I get all kinds of hate mail about how disrespectful it is. And I just very nicely, usually I'm an asshole, but but when this topic comes up, I just very nicely email them back and say, do you know the person? Have you spoken to the person? Because the person I was talking about, and not always Jane, but there's others, um, actually likes that I call them that. That's why I do it publicly, because they don't mind. So yesterday, I'm, I'm thinking about all of this because somebody had sent me an email yesterday morning saying how disrespectful it was. I don't like the way you talk about women. And I'm on Facebook after I read that email, and I saw a young girl from, I think she was from Danvers, and she posted a selfie. Not one of those overly sexy selfies, just a regular selfie. She has, I think, I don't know, somewhere in the neighborhood of 3,000 followers, and there were over 300 comments on her selfie. And I'm reading the comments, and the comments were, wow, look how hot you are. Oh, my God, you're so sexy. Jesus, I can't believe how good you look. And I kept looking for all the, that's inappropriate, you shouldn't say that about her comments. But I didn't see one. And I kept looking, I'm like, there's got to be at least one person here that feels like they have to virtue signal to say, that's not appropriate. And I'm looking, and I'm looking, and I'm thinking, hmm, when Tom Duggan does it, everybody rolls their eye. Oh, my God, it's so inappropriate. But... When everyone else does it, no one ever seems to have a friggin' problem with it. So I just kind of wanted to point out the hypocrisy on that. Um, I know Neil used to do that when he was here all the time. And it's funny because um, there's a police officer in Methuen that was just picked up for child pornography. And that guy used to badmouth me behind my back all the time about how I was disrespectful to women. And then after he got arrested, I started thinking, wait a minute, that guy... That guy used to give me crap, and he doesn't even know me. He used to do it behind my back, and cops used to tell me. And then I started thinking, you know what? Neil Perry, every time he was here and I talked about a woman's looks, would give the same obligated, like, oh, I have to say something. I don't want people to think I'm like that. Oh, Tom, that's so inappropriate. And then I started thinking yesterday, wait a minute. I just read a 34-page lawsuit involving Neil Perry at Raytheon involving what? Sexual harassment. So Neil Perry's involved in a sexual harassment suit from when he was vice president of Raytheon, but he's the guy that was here protesting that Tom Duggan was disrespecting women, right? And the guy in Methuen who just got picked up by child porn was badmouthing me behind my back for disrespecting women. And I started to realize that all of the people, uh, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me change that, all of the men 
who feel obligated publicly to say, oh, that's so terrible. The vast majority of them are only doing it because they don't want people to realize what perverts they are. And I'm going to exempt Dave Id Consoli because I know he's a good family man. But I'm just I'm speaking in general. This is not about the, the guests that I had last week because I love them to death. But I just want to use that as a teachable moment. You know, we have to start having stop having knee-jerk reactions and saying things publicly that we think we're obligated to say because that's what the culture dictates. How about can we all think for ourselves for a minute? And when someone says something that you think might be a little off, instead of reacting first, how about asking first? Because had Neil ever said to me, well, how do you think Jaina feels about what you just said? I would have told him Jaina loves when I say that, and then I never would have had to hear about it again. But instead, when he used to be here, I used to just be like, all right, well, he's mayor, he's an elected official, he kind of has to say that, and I used to just kind of let it go. But the more I get hate mail on this kind of stuff, the more I think, you know, maybe, maybe let's just use the show as a teachable moment on this kind of stuff, because it's weird, and I really wanted to do a whole show on it at some point, and maybe I will, but it's weird. There are, there are artists out there, like Lil' Kim, Right? And she goes up on stage wearing almost nothing, shaking her ass, singing songs like, excuse my French, but this is the title of her song is Eat My Pussy Right. Okay, that's not inappropriate. Nobody ever says how inappropriate that is. Then you've got the woman, and I don't remember her name, but the singer last week that threw the microphone at the guy in the audience. Do you remember who that was? Anybody? Because I got a studio audience today. Nobody remembers. What's that? No, it wasn't Beyonce, but it was one of those other Beyonce uh, wannabes. And she's up on stage wearing literally almost nothing. I mean, you could see everything based on how little she was wearing. And she got mad because somebody threw water at her and she threw a microphone at the guy. And, I, and, and she was singing a song that was really inappropriate. But nobody ever complains. But you know what they do complain about? Jason Aldean wrote a story about small towns. That's inappropriate. So why don't we start thinking for ourselves and start thinking about the things that we have knee-jerk reactions about and asking ourselves why? Because... There are songs out there. I think there's a Puff Daddy song about raping women with flashlights. No CNN stories about how inappropriate raping women with flashlights are, right? All these rap songs talking about the glory of killing cops. No one ever talks about how inappropriate killing, advocating killing cops are. But if a guy says a woman looks good, that's inappropriate? If Jason L. Dean writes a song about small towns and not putting up with the violence that they put up with in the cities, that's inappropriate? Maybe we need to start thinking about who's making these decisions about what's appropriate and inappropriate in our in our country right now, and maybe we should start pushing back a little bit. And by the way, I had a long conversation with somebody about this yesterday, which is why I'm addressing it. That's why I do what I do. My job is to make you think, is to challenge what you think you believe, to challenge your assumptions. And so, yeah, do I go over the top sometimes? Yeah, sometimes you have to shock people to get their attention. But if I can just impart on one person who listens to my show on iTunes or watches the show on Facebook or YouTube to start challenging what you think and start challenging your beliefs and challenging your assumptions and start thinking for yourself rather than saying what you think society obligates you to say, then I think this country would be much better off. At least I think it would anyway. All right, we got about 13. We really still have 13 minutes left. I feel like we've done three shows already. I don't know why I feel that way. So let me pull up my, uh, my notes. So we had a couple of controversies out of Methuen. Yes, we had a Methuen police officer arrested for child porn. It is only alleged, but boy, it doesn't look good 
Does not look good for that guy. And by the way, uh, we learned this week that Officer Bistany, uh, the officer that is alleged and has been arrested for child porn, uh, the Methuen cop, um, that he was in charge of the evidence room in Methuen. So that raises a lot of questions, doesn't it? Like, were these pictures that he was uploading, and he wasn't downloading. He didn't get caught for downloading porn. He was caught distributing it, uploading porn. So it really makes you wonder, was he using pictures from actual kids and actual cases that the Methuen PD was in charge of? And if that's the case, A, you got a lot of lawsuits coming if you're the city of Methuen. But B, that's really just, I mean, that's that's the bottom of the barrel, even for a guy that li- likes to watch Kitty porn. That's like the bottom of the barrel to exploit an actual victim in your home community, if that's the case. Um, so I want to just say that. Now, we have the big story that we broke last week. We beat the Tribune, the Globe, the Herald uh, on Greg Gallant, the captain of the Methuen Police Department. He won his civil service case. What about that, huh? Now, here's the problem with cases like this. The city elected officials on the school on the city council and from the mayor's office and other city officials ran around for three to five years calling Greg Gallant a criminal, saying that what he did with the police contract was criminal. They alleged that he snuck language into the contract after everything was negotiated and had the council and the mayor sign a contract that had pay provisions in it that were not really approved during negotiation. Mayor Neil Perry, being the knee-jerk guy that he is and always looking to just jump on a bandwagon and go with whatever the insiders want him to do, instead of thinking for himself, that'll be the theme today, think for yourself, instead of thinking for himself and looking at all the evidence, instead he first put Greg on leave, then he had multiple investigations. By the way, the guy in charge of the internal investigation on Greg Gallant is the guy that took Greg Gallant's job when Mayor Perry fired him. How about that? Think about that for a minute. So they did this internal investigation, and they decided, nope, Greg Gallant is a criminal, and we're firing him. He went to civil service, and he had his day in court. And the city, by the way, also had their day in court. And they interviewed witnesses on both sides. They heard testimony on both sides. They had documents presented by both sides. Civil service is, is for the most part, really, really good. And civil service came out and said, in, in essence... No, Greg Glint didn't break the law. Greg Glint didn't sneak anything into the contract. I published in this edition of the Valley Patriot, which is on the streets today, um, some of the quotes. I posted the actual ruling on the Valley Patriot website, so you can go read the actual ruling for yourself, so nobody can say I cherry-picked quotes out of the ruling, and, and you could go and you could read the whole thing for yourself. And here's what they basically said. They said, it's normal for any union negotiation and any union president to put language in at the last minute after other negotiations have taken place. In other words, how negotiations for unions work is the union will make a proposed language change to a contract. Then the city will consider it. They might cross out a few lines and send it back, and then he'll take the cross outs off and say, no, we want to keep that in. And that's how they negotiate. Before the final vote, He made some last-minute changes, and civil service addressed that. They said there was nothing illegal about what he did because members of the city's negotiating team and and members of the administration at the time knew about those changes. 
Not exactly what Dave Beauregard's been telling you guys. Not exactly what city councils have been telling you guys. But they spelled out that uh, Chief Solomon knew about it. And we all know, if we followed the scandal, we all know that City Auditor Tom Kelly knew about all of the changes. He's the city auditor. We also know from what he revealed at his final city council meeting before they gave him a platinum parachute on his way out the door. Funny how that guy knew everything and then got a platinum parachute and isn't here anymore to be talked to about all this. But he admitted at an open city council meeting that he told at least three members of the city council at the time before the vote what was in the contract. So how do you say that a guy committed a crime by sneaking language into the contract to inflate uh, the police officer's pay when the chief who negotiated on behalf of the city knew, when people in the mayor's office knew, when the city auditor admittedly knew, and when three members of the city council at the time admittedly knew. And by the way, we know who those people are, right? We all know who they are. I'm not getting sued by saying it out loud, although I have, I've said it in the past, so I, I, guess, uh, I guess I could say it out loud. I know that uh, one was the city council, I think he was the city council vice president, what was his name? Uh, they, they've been gone so long now, I can't remember. So it doesn't matter who the names are anyway, because the point is that the city knew. People on the city side knew what was in that contract. And here's what they did. What they did was, what Greg Gallant did was, for the 10 years previous to that contract being, uh, being ratified, the, the superior officers in Methuen had educational incentives taken out of their base pay. And they had things like uniform allowance and longevity taken out of their base pay. And so what Greg, as president of the union, was trying to do was trying to have those incentives put back into base pay because the fire department has it in, in, in their base pay and the city council didn't call them criminals. And the teachers, by the way, have it in their base pay. Nobody called them criminals. But it was taken out of the superior officer's base pay 10 years ago or so. And what Greg was seeking to do was to put it back in. And so he added language and according to civil service, not Greg Gallant, according to civil service, they said the changes that he made to the base pay were put in the contract directly under the 0, 2, and 2 language. What does that mean? So the councils told the public that this contract has a 0% raise the first year, a 2% raise the second year, and a 2% raise the third year. It's a three-year contract. That's not a lie. You've all been told that that was a lie. It's not a lie. The contract did call for 0, 2, and 2. But what they weren't telling you was the other half of the story, that the city, the city officials knew, most city officials knew at the time, that that was zero, two, and two on the inflated base pay. So when civil service weighed all of this information, they ruled Captain Greg Gallant goes back to work, he was wrongfully fired, and you got to give him his back pay. Here's where Methuen's going to be in a lot more trouble. You had city officials call him a criminal over this contract issue. And you've had one city official that I know of, one city council that I know of, since the ruling has come out, continue to call him a fraud on Facebook. Now, I like the kid that did that. And I was going to call him and say to him, I was going to call him and say to him, listen, you don't want this guy suing you and tying you up in court for the next six years. I've been the subject of six slander lawsuits I've never lost. You could consider me an expert in slander lawsuits because I run a newspaper. 
and I've never lost, I know exactly where that line is. And I dance right up to it on many occasions, but I've never crossed it. That one city council, I believe, has crossed that line. And if Greg Gallant does decide to sue, he will sue the city and he will sue them individually. And if they think they're going to get away with the city footing their bill, I got news for you guys. City's not going to foot your bill. I know you passed a little special measure, but I don't think that's going to work. He's going to come after you personally. And I was really hoping when I read this that city officials, and I'm, I'm going to keep it as generic as I can because I don't want to attack any individuals, but city officials, once this ruling came out, would put it behind them, let the guy go back to work, and leave him alone. But like with Joe Solomon, who was wrongfully fired, sued, and came back, it seems like they're not doing that. And so I was going to call that individual and tell him, listen, you know, I like you. I, you know, we don't agree on this issue, but I do like you. You're a good kid. You got to stop doing this. But the last time I tried that with that individual, I was accused of just doing someone else's bidding and completely dismissed what I said. So I said, you know what? Let him sink or swim on his own. But I can tell you as the taxpayers of Methuen, you can expect more lawsuits. And the three years back back pay plus whatever else he gets, Greg Gallant, he has not told me he's suing. In fact, the day that it happened, he told me he was hoping this would just go away. He can come back to work, finish his time in Methuen, and, and retire in how many other years he has left. And he was saying to me on the phone the day the ruling came out, that he was hoping he didn't have to sue anybody, that if the shenanigans just stopped now, he was going to let it go. But then I saw on Facebook the other day that at least one city councilor, Dave Borregard, I'm sorry, but it was you, who continued to call him a fraud, and he was insolent in his post, saying he posted, by the way, he didn't post the Valley Patriot story. He waited till the Tribune covered it. Then he posted the Tribune story, and in, in his comments he wrote, I will continue to speak out against this fraud. Listen, if that's your opinion, God bless you. I'm never gonna I don't I'm never gonna like or dislike somebody because they are forcefully expressing their opinion, even if I disagree with it. But when it dances over the line of slander and now libel because you wrote it down, I, I I think the taxpayers are now on the hook. And I think personally Jim McCarty's also gonna be on the hook. And I think personally, Steve Saber is going to be on the hook. And I think maybe even uh, Mike Samad, who was not quite as forceful with his language, but I think even Mike Samad could have, could have some problems here. And the taxpayers are going to foot the bill again. So these elected officials cost you all the money they spent investigating, all the money they spent paying lawyers to fight this, all the money that they spent fighting the civil service case. And all the money that Greg Glantz now getting in back pay. And now, and again, he hasn't said this to me, but after what I saw on Facebook, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't put up with that shit if I was exonerated and someone did that to me. Now you very well may have another multi-million dollar lawsuit against the city. And I, 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 I don't know what it's going to take for Methuen residents to wake up through that whole event. Instead of people reading the documents and thinking for themselves... People ran around the community calling him a criminal because elected officials were calling him a criminal. And they were just repeating what the elected officials said. And the Boston Globe called him a criminal because, let's face it, they're lazy up there. They don't do their job. They had a couple of elected officials from Methuen call them, and they just repeated what the Methuen officials told them. After all, after all, it's a much juicier story that sells way more advertising to say police, rogue police officers are stealing money from the city. 
than it is to report that elected officials are lazy and not doing their job and kind of let this go through. Which one of those two headlines sells more papers? I think we all know the answer to that. So read through the civil service ruling. I've had people approach me on the street and say, I bet you're going to defend him. I bet, I, bet you're gonna, I bet you're still on his side. Well, it's not a matter of being on anybody's side. It's a matter of, I don't live in Methuen. It's not my tax money. I'm very objective about these things. I read the accusations. I read the civil service ruling. I read his defense. I talked to people who were involved. And it looked to me, before the civil service ruling even came out, that he should have won that case. By the way, I had no faith at all that civil service was going to rule this way. I actually believe civil service is going to go the other way because they did that with Joe Solomon. But in the Joe Solomon civil service ruling, they admitted that, quote, even though Joe Solomon's not responsible for hiring people, we're going to find him guilty for illegally hiring Sean Fountain. Well, I mean, I'm sorry. That, they themselves admit that they were wrong in that, okay? But here's something else that's interesting as we wrap up the show. When the civil service ruling came out about Joe Solomon, was it not the city officials, Dave Beauregard, Jim McCarty, Neil Perry, running around the community saying civil service is sacrosanct? Civil service exonerated our positions. Wasn't civil service perfect when they came out and they said something against Joe Solomon? But now that civil service has come out and said something that they don't want to hear, that goes against their narrative and calls them out for their lying, Suddenly, civil service is a travesty of justice. Civil service is political. Civil service doesn't know what they're talking about anymore. Wow. And you know what? You guys in Methuen, you all fell for it. You all fell for it. You fell for it when city, city officials knew and claimed they didn't know. And then admitted that they knew, but then continued to blame Greg Gallant. And then you fell for it when city council was called him a criminal, and you all ran around repeating the talking points because you couldn't think for yourself. And now that it's over, I'm seeing posts on Facebook, what a travesty of justice this is. Did you read the ruling? Every single person I saw it on Facebook, I actually, no, I didn't want to shame them publicly, but I sent them an instant message on Facebook and said, here's a link to the ruling. Read the ruling, and if you still feel the same way, then fine, post what you want to post. But read the ruling first, because if you read through that ruling, it's very clear the city officials lied. Very clear. And it's very hard for Neil Perry and the city council are doing now to say that civil service is very political and doesn't know what they're talking about when they spent the last year praising civil service as perfect and sacrosanct because they told people Joe Salmon was a bad guy. So I'm going to leave you with that. Um, I had one more thing to get to, but we're way, way, way over time, so I'm not going to. I want to thank Chrissy for letting me go a little over time, too. But I appreciate that. Listen, folks, this is not about me defending Greg Gallant because he's my friend, because Greg Gallant is not my friend. I've had five interactions with Greg Gallant before this all happened. I, I met him at a fundraiser for uh, uh, Jen Canand, which he was running for mayor. I met him at maybe two or three other fundraisers, and I met him in an accident one day. I have no personal history with this guy whatsoever. This has nothing to do with me just defending Greg because I like him or I know him. I don't, and I didn't. But I do know how to read a, a ruling, and I do know how to read complaints. I was a paralegal. I know how to go through that stuff and, and, read, and, and understand what it says. 
And it's, and it's really bizarre, all the lies that continue to go on even after the truth comes out. I want to thank McLennan Real Estate, Century 21 in Methuen, the Zinni Pesci, do we have Mel? Can we roll up Mel? Uh, the Zinni Pesci Law Office, Marsan and Son Construction, EIS, Investigation and Gun Training. Thank you, my friend, Joe Solomon. I don't care what they say about you. You're okay in my book. Hope you win your lawsuit, too. Borelli's Deli, Tomo and Shake and Seafood. Clear Path for Veterans New England, the Mercurial Law Office and Ready. Give, give Doug, he also, by the way, owns Prime, uh, Prime Insurance. So if you need car insurance or any of that stuff, please give him a call. AFC Urgent Care, who just opened a new, they're in the process of opening a new urgent care in Haverhill. Pleasant Valley Landscaping, my good buddy Dave Idconsoli. we got to go out to uh, Sevmars. i got to take him over to Sevmars here in Salem. Have him uh, try the food there. It's pretty amazing. I want to thank Stacks in Haverhill. We'll be there next week. Par 28 in Salem, New Hampshire. Loaded in Haverhill. And once again, a free shout-out to JG's Ice Cream. Go get your uh, ice cream at JG's while the weather's still nice. Thank you, Chrissy, for uh, letting me go over. Thank you, Rich Russell from the Lawrence City Council for being here. And thank you to my guests today, Naeja and Michael Caban. Sounds like Michael. Uh, sounds like Melvin Taylor says you got to go home. So go home already. Expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.